Unleashing the rising billions. Disrupting tradition. Always be closing. Gaining exponential wisdom from street smart strategies. I dream the kind of dreams that other people said would not be possible. Free your mind. Nothing happens till something moves. I'm a big fan of going all in on your strengths. Create your blue ocean. Innovation and collaboration with competition. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? Creating uncontested market space. I worry that people don't tap into their strengths. Wealth creation and a new economy entrepreneur. And there is a very thin dividing line between success and failure. Witnessing unprecedented technology. You can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Cumby and Alan Witch. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, it's Christopher Cumby with Think Bold, Be Bold, and I'm here with Alan Witch. My brother from another mother is in our house. What's going on, my friend? Hey, brother. Doing great. Having a great day. We've had a great day so far. We actually have pretty much all great days. We were very fortunate. Yeah. Knock on wood. Well, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's all how you look at things. I, yeah. I think, you know, quite frankly, we're human as well. Um, and, you know, shit happens, right? So, oh, yeah. Uh, it's just how you uh, how you kind of get through it. And, and uh, you know, it's always good to have some uh, people that you can be vulnerable with. And, um, you know, you've you, you've heard a, a good uh, little bit from uh, my woes uh, on days that <laughs> happen. But, uh, uh, but that's the good thing is um, sometimes you got to just, dent, you know, dump it mentally. And then once it's yeah. dumped, you're kind of like, oh, well, that doesn't sound so bad. Let's get no. to work and, and then scale up. And, yeah, shut up. Yeah. Go to work. Let's go. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> We're hammering. We're hammering. I um, I'm excited about the show. You know, when we oh first got introduced uh, and and kind of looking, um, it was like, wow, okay, um, yeah, let's let's do this. I'm big fan of innovation in general, and uh, Alan, let's just get at it and bring our guest on to the show and talk some cool stuff. Today. Sounds great because I'm going to say very little after my introduction. Yeah, right. That's going to be a yeah, it's going to be a real test for me. So we're going to see how that goes. <laughs> innovate the way you innovate. <laughs> okay, now that really kind of turns yeah. it on, turns it on on its whole on, on the old head here. But our guest today, CBS, been on CBS, CIO Inc., CNBC, ABC News, Harvard Business Review, The Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Entrepreneur, Newsweek, Fortune, and a whole plethora of others, and including being a regular mentor judge on the TLC reality show Girl Starter. Um, I'm not sure where to go from this, except for this guy is all over the board. He's doing some great things with great companies, large companies. Accenture, 20,000 people have followed his wisdom, and you're going to get a chance to hear about it today. So, Stephen Shapiro, welcome to Think Bold, Be Bold. Hey, guys. It's great to be here. We're glad really great to be here. Nice to meet house. you for sure. Absolutely. In our house, which is always open to great people and great discussion, and we always appreciate the audience. So audience, 
get your journal out because these are the golden nuggets and we're going to pull out some really good stuff and I'm sure Steve will do uh, his best to provide you some insight to uh, probably that little slight edge that maybe you need to hear today. So you never know what could happen. Uh, I certainly get them every time we have this show. It's like, oh, I didn't know that. Now I know that, and now I investigate that, which I don't know, and then that becomes something that possibly could shape something. So that's why we want you to take some good notes and uh, listen in, and uh, we'll give all the uh, ways you can connect with uh, with Steve after this. But Steve, you know, we like to know who you are versus what you do. So we're going to get into, you know, you could be doing a lot of things. What kind of, how did, how did you, how did you bump into this? Like, what, what, bring us through a brief history of time if you want. Um, the, the table is yours, the mic is yours, I should say, and you know you can share uh, along. And uh, we may interrupt you in between, just answer, ask a question or something. But we'll uh, we'll make this go as uh, as as the way you want it to go, my friend. So fantastic. Let's start. Yeah, let's start there. Well, you know, so uh, my my innovation journey, I guess, started a little more than 20 years ago. Is uh, back in the early 90s when I was at Accenture, I was. Uh, responsible for a practice which was all about business optimization, business efficiency, and our goal was to mm-hmm. make companies more profitable by having them be more efficient. The, the, the downside of this was there was a lot of downsizing, uh, mm-hmm. and I, it, I did this for years, and it didn't really hit me till one day, not boring you with all the details, but I just realized I'm really having a very negative impact on the lives of, I mean, we're talking about 100,000 people. I mean, like, like lots of people. And I just woke up one day and said, I can't do that anymore. So I took a leave of absence and I decided I'm going to spend my life uh, focused on innovation and growth and helping companies become more successful, not by shrinking, but rather by growing, which creates more jobs, helps our society, economy, and all that other good stuff. Yeah, and here You're you a are. pivot based on self-conscious. I like that. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. I, so, sometimes I wish it was it happened a little faster. I and mean, admittedly, uh, I, I did it for a few years, uh, and I kept on justifying to myself, "Oh, if I didn't do it, somebody else would be responsible for people losing jobs." Or, "Look, if we didn't make the companies more efficient, they would implode anyway, and then more people would lose jobs." And you know, look, I know that's the job of some people. I mean, if you remember the movie Up yeah. in the Air with Ryan, uh, with with mm-hmm. George Clooney, you know, mm-hmm. Ryan Bingham was the character to go around oh. and fire people. Well, terrible look, people life, do man. that. I know people do that, <laughs> but it it's just not me. Uh, I'm not judging people who do that. It's a necessary sure. thing, but for me, it just I, I just weigh too heavily mm-hmm. on my conscience. Yeah, it didn't resonate, and uh, you were looking for something a little bit uh, different uh, that fulfilled you know, what you're happy with. And and that's amazing. You know, people go through that all the time, you know, doing something uh, that they're probably good at. And then, you know, it comes a time when it's like, well, just because you're good at it doesn't necessarily mean you, you know, you love it. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, when you start doing what you love, you become better at it. And I think that that is one of the things that shapes us and, and starts helping us um, with the natural gifts and talents. You know, we had a great show earlier that talked mm-hmm. a lot about that. And, um, uh, so when you started that journey, I'm sure it wasn't easy. I, you know, probably when you look back, it was a little bit simple. But you know, what was that transformation, leaving what you were doing, and then all of a sudden being in a whole new world? And you know, what was some of the you know things you had to learn? Because I'm sure there was a lot of learning and a lot of growth that happened just from uh, from making that pivot happen in your life. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I mean, it wasn't actually easy. I mean, I I took a leave of absence, and I and it didn't take me very long to get clear as to 
generally speaking what I wanted to do. It took me quite a long time to find people inside the company that would be interested in supporting this. So it was a sales job for a long time and I did not go back to work until I knew this was going to be my new reality. So I'm not getting paid. I'm, I'm like on a leave of absence trying to sell the company on this thing. And fortunately, the stars aligned and there's this one guy who was taking over this group. He decided that this message was an important message. He put me in charge. We drove it, grew it to 20,000 people. Uh, and just, you know, I, I think we had a really massive impact in a short amount of time. But it wasn't it wasn't easy in the beginning. As, as most things, it takes a little bit of, you know, persistence. And it also requires you to, be true to yourself uh, while recognizing you have to create value. And that to me was the toughest part was convincing a company that makes its money on software and large scale projects that innovation would be something that would be valuable enough to them. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're, I, I guess, would this uh, be a good assumption? Your latest book, Best Practices Are Stupid. By the way, I just love that uh, yeah. you know, it gets your attention it immediately. Uh, especially, yeah. you know, it's funny how the brain goes to stupid and then you're like, ah, I need to know what's stupid, right? Um, because yeah. I don't want to be stupid, but <laughs> clever, very clever. Uh, is that your latest book? Um, yeah, that's, that's the last book that came out. Last book. And then you've got something really cool. Uh, personality poker. I want to dive into that just for yeah, a second. Yeah, it just looks uh, cool. Got a yeah, right? That one. Performance, teamwork, about. and innovation, which, you know, again, leads to probably uh, your latest book. But tell us a little bit about that one because that goes back uh, a little bit. And uh, you've actually authored a few books. And anybody that wants to check things out, uh, stephenshapiro.com. I'll spell that for you. S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-H-A-P-I-R-O.com. And uh, you can check out all of uh, Steve's stuff as we're just listening in as well. I mean, this is always a good time to uh, – and I do that often. I hear something. I'm like, i, I got to check this dig out. That's when things <laughs> yeah, dig in. Right? Dig in. Uh, let's talk about the personality poker for a moment. And I know, Alan, you're already itching because we talked earlier about what we were going to talk to Steve about. But, uh, but let's 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 get into that conversation. Yeah. So I love personality poker. This was a. It, it started actually as a spreadsheet that I developed uh, 15 or more years ago. I don't even know exactly when I first came up with the idea and so look there's there's a couple of issues we have in organizations the first one is uh, that if the organization only hires people who fit the mold ultimately the organization will grow mold because if you have a bunch of people who are saying yes all the time everybody thinks the same way everybody uses the same three-letter acronyms you know this we've got cultures that are cults and as a result we end up with organizations where we don't have a lot of uh, thinking that goes beyond the norm. So when I realized that, and I realized that the opposites don't attract, they actually detract. So what ends up happening is we surround ourselves with people who are similar to us. I wanted to create a tool to help me better assess who is going to be valuable at each part of the innovation process. And it's, like I said, it started mm. off as a spreadsheet. I'm in Vegas. It was uh, at the Venetian. I was playing blackjack. I'm a <laughs> terrible poker player because I 
my face. Just, <laughs> yeah, too many yeah, gives it away. Me too. Gives it away. <laughs> you're too excited. You're telling your whole face. Yeah, yeah very excited. <laughs> I want to play with him. Yeah. <laughs> Give away everything at the beginning. You're like, oh, I'm getting, I'm, I'm going to take this one, and then we get snuffled. Yeah, exactly. So, but I play blackjack. I love blackjack because it's mathematics, it's probability, and yeah. so I'm sitting there one day, and 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 I just it it came to me that there are four steps in the innovation process that I had before. Uh, there are four suits in a deck of cards. So I just took a deck of cards and I went back to my spreadsheet and just started playing around, putting the words from the spreadsheet and started tinkering with it. And over the past 10 years, the product has evolved uh, quite a few times. The suits have meaning, the colors have meaning, the numbers have meaning. And the main purpose of it is to help individuals understand what their strong suit is. That is, what is it that they do best and how can they best contribute to the success of an organization? I like that. Brilliant. Uh, but the, the, the real key is to recognize that who you are not is more important than who you are. And basically what that means is it. so if I have five cards in my hand, 95% of the people who play personality poker will be missing one of the suits. So just, uh, just to step back for a second, 52 cards, suits, colors, numbers, and words that describe behavioral attributes like analytical, creative, organized, empathetic. So you collect and trade cards to get five that best describe how you see yourself. And when you look at it, the suits and the colors and the numbers will tell you everything. But the interesting thing to me is what suits don't you have in your hand? Because that tells you the people that you need to partner with in order to be successful. Very I always say smart. the person you like the least is the person you need the most. most. The people who aren't <laughs> in your hand are the people going to drive you crazy. Yeah. But you need them. So that's sort of the genesis, because I want to make sure teams are playing with a full deck, which means we've got like a complement of the right styles. And there's so much more, but I love it because it's fun. It's interactive. I played this with a thousand people in Vegas. They are, we literally have a thousand people on their hands and knees fighting each other to get the best cards for their hand. I love that. It's so much fun. That's hilarious. Yeah, that That's creates hilarious. a gamification to it for sure. <laughs> it does. Teams playing with a full deck. I love that uh, quote. We'll have to pull that one out. Uh, because I think it's such a, you know, a parallel, you know, to business and, and things that obviously it does, right? You connect people. Um, and, you know, certainly if I look at who surrounds me, you know, Alan and I are a good example of that, you know, playing uh, now with a full deck because of what we do and, and complement each other and, uh, you know, our, our, the rest of our team as well. So this makes a lot of sense, folks. Check that out uh, for sure. And that's why I wanted to bring it up because, you know, when you do a little bit of uh, research and you start, you know, seeing the things that uh, our guests have to offer, it could be that game-changing moment. Alan, what do we have? What do we have for this, Steve? This is really cool because we're talking about what it's not as much as about as what it is. And it reminds me of the movie World War Z with Brad Pitt. There was always, they always talked about they had a team of 12 people, right? Well, they had a team of 13 people. The 13th person was the one looking in the back to try to figure out what the other 12 weren't doing. What's the opposite of what this could be? What's the worst thing that could happen if we don't do these scenarios? And so that I, I instantly went there because it talks about what, what it's not. And what it's not is every bit as important as to what it is. So I like this concept. I want to I want to hang on a little bit. How would somebody? How would a say a a sole proprietor, a business owner, use the personality poker with themselves? And how would they launch that into attracting a new client? What tool would that give them to attract a new client? Because I think it's going to be really key. 
Well, so there, there, there's two things that I would say. So I'm, I'm a sole practitioner. That's how I run my mm -hmm. business. Uh, and here's what I know is when it comes to my personality, I'm primarily a diamond, which are sort of the creative, experiential, more into novelty. So I love bright, mm -hmm. shiny objects. That's my, my core. <laughs> Uh, secondarily, <laughs> he's a squirrel. <laughs> squirrel, yeah, exactly. Hello, that's that's me. That's me for sure. Uh, you know, I'm working on something well, that's really cool, I, I but love, this is much better. <laughs> uh, so that that's really my core. I've got a bit of a spade, which are the analytical people, um, but that's more of a desire than actually who I am. And then I've also a bit of a heart, more of what we call the high heart, which are the social butterflies. I know a lot of people. I just don't know anybody particularly well, uh, given my travels and everything else. So here's the two things which I think are important. The first thing is to recognize that the suit I'm missing is the club. The club of the organized, anal retentive, you know, these are the people who are all about working the plan, planning the work and working the plan. And given that I value freedom and flexibility and spontaneity more than anything else, these are the people who drive me crazy. These are the people I avoid. Yet any time that I'm working on a project, the first person I pull onto the team is going to be that anal retentive program manager because even though they're going to drive me crazy, I know I need them. So when it, when it comes to clients, though, you know, it's it's also interesting to understand that we need to communicate the way others want to be communicated to, not the way we naturally communicate. So my natural way of communicating is talking about the coolness and the novelty and how exciting it's going to be, how fun mm -hmm. it's going to be. Uh, but if I'm talking to a club, they want to know what's the process. Can I mm -hmm. implement it? How difficult is this going to be? If it's the hearts that I'm talking to, they want to understand, you know, how is it going to impact the people? What's the what's that whole program going to be like to get people engaged? If it's the spades, they want to know what's the scientific validity behind this. So if I'm communicating to an individual, I try to as quickly as possible assess where I think they fall and give them what I think they need. But also I make sure that in my speeches and my writing and all my messages, I try to give a balance of all four as much as I can because I can't appeal to everyone all the time, but I at least need right. to make sure that I'm hitting everybody at some time. Awesome. I think the totally fact that it. you're acknowledging that, I think you just hit on something that's huge. I think that communication, understanding what the blocks are, the four blocks are, is a big deal. I think it's a big deal in marriages. I think it's a big deal uh, in raising kids. And ha anybody you might have influence with or over, I think, is, is, a, is a really cool deal. And you've made it into something that's just really fun and, and makes learning something enjoyable. And it's not a risk-averse thing. You don't run from it. You kind of run to it because it gives you some some really cool tools to use to be able to grow with. So I think that's awesome. I, I, I'm, I'm getting my copy. I'm going to use that sucker and, uh, and, and enhance, you know, who I am. And so I, I think that's great. So I, Chris, where are we at? Where are we going? Well, you know, he's got some great, um, obviously you do a lot of keynoting and uh, mm -hmm. speaking out there, uh, Steve, and, you know, look at some big organizations and, and talk about those things. So I do want to get into, you know, that because we are uh, featured on C-Suite Radio and there are a lot of, um, again, uh, you know, business leaders that, you know, look for uh, certain things. So I'm going to give you the stage to talk about, 
you know, why uh, innovation is such an important aspect of business and how creative you've taken it to the people and uh, give you a little bit of a floor there to, to talk about some important things that business people need to understand about where we are, you know, certainly in the social economy and, you know, the things that are changing rapidly with technology mm -hmm. and all these incredible things where, you know, many years ago you could have been, um, you know, when you got started, you know, the world's changed so fast. How do you keep up with that? Because that's innovation, right? I mean, that mm -hmm. is part of innovation, but part of it is the people need to keep up with it as well. And I want to just give you the floor uh, so that you could talk about what, you know, is very passionate to you about these things and uh, maybe maybe plant the seeds, if you may, for some of the people listening in that mm -hmm. um, may give them that slight edge to start, you know, working towards because that's always good to hear perspective on, you know, all the vast uh, communication you've had with different companies and what they're doing, not to necessarily talk about the various companies unless you want to, but just, you know, give you an opportunity to sow some seeds. <laughs> well, first of all, I loved what you said about innovation because you hit, you hit the nail on the head in terms of why it matters. I mean, it look, mm -hmm. First of all, creativity and innovation aren't the same thing, and that's one misconception. In fact, one of my strong beliefs is that creativity is killing innovation because we've mm. become so focused mm. with ideas and brainstorming and suggestion boxes and idea management systems, and what ends up happening is companies are imploding due to the weight of all this wasted energy. So, mm, I like that. But so, but, cool. so it's not creativity, but it really comes down to, and for me, look, as I said in the beginning, to me it's about growth, uh, but it's growth through relevance. And I think relevance is one of my key words because when I look at why we need to like innovate, it, it is to stay relevant. And to stay, and relevant doesn't mean that you be, because the opposite is irrelevant, but irrelevant to me means you are offering something of incredible value mm -hmm. to people who are willing to pay for it and they will probably only be able to get it from you. So you have to differentiate yourself. Right. Uh, so there's a whole Relatable number of different things. And relevance, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and then the speed, of course the speed. And so what happens is everybody looks at these new technologies that are coming out, blockchain, you know, machine learning and AI, virtual reality and augmented reality, 3D printing. They look at these and they become bright, shiny objects. They become innovation, which it's not. We need to get back to basics, and the biggest mistake that I think that happens is we've used this mantra in organizations, don't bring me problems, bring me solutions. I actually think that's the mistake. We need better, bigger, more important problems and opportunities and challenges that if we solve them, it's going to accelerate the growth of the company. Solutions mm -hmm. are a dime a dozen in many cases. It's getting the right problem framed the right way and solved as quickly as you possibly can using some uh, you know leading edge techniques AI and all that might be part of the solution but it's rarely the solution it's just a means to an end you know those words I guess maybe buzzwords uh, are probably often you know attributed to the way the world's moving and everybody mm -hmm. starts to throw out this you know because all of a sudden if you you know haven't noticed and I don't watch a ton of TV and certainly not commercials these days but you know the odd time you'll hear something and AI you know everybody is doing AI Microsoft you know and, and, and <laughs> whoever else has got some sort of form you know which is a buzzword but to your point 
it might add to the uh, you know innovation, but it isn't the innovation itself. You know, what is the relevance of what that brings to solve? And I love that you said that because that is the basics of selling any product or service is really that problem. Like what it, you know, mm -hmm. what is a massive problem out there, and how you know have you approached it that, to your point, is different from someone else and, and is interesting enough to say, hey, I got to pay attention to this, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's what uh, I think uh, to your, uh, you know, basics uh, makes a ton of sense to me. Alan, what do you, uh, what did you gather from some of that? I like everything you're talking about. <laughs> I just thought, I, I just thought Alan off. profound <laughs> statement. <laughs> That's awesome. I like throwing back when he's not like I can see him kind of looking, and I'm like, all right, I got Alan right. That's no, I've, I, I, no, I'm just joking, buddy. I, I like what I like what you're talking about. That was about, a good one. That was a good one. It was, was a good one. one. I like that. Um, innovation, I think, a lot of times is that it can be a, a, a solidarity. It can be independent. It can be something that's being done kind of by yourself. You don't you don't innovate. An idea with a group of people. The idea comes from usually a single source in, in in reality. So I think it can be it can be a very quiet, uh, a very independent arena when you innovate. And if that were to be the case, if that if that's a good definition, or at least one for my question, how do you then? He's going down the philosophical route. I yeah, I am. How do you in. then? Because because it's a leader, right? And usually the leader's out in front of everybody else. How do you innovate that person that's already out in front of everybody else? Well, first how do they of all, stay, I think how do they stay innovated? The, the role of the leader to me is never to be innovative per se, but it's to create an environment where others are able to be innovative. I mean, be innovative. Look, the role of a leader is to create other leaders. I mean, it, it's it's not to have followers. It's to create other leaders. And so if that's the case, then what we need to do is recognize that the role of an innovator is to create other innovators. And it means not giving them the solutions, but giving them the tools by which they mm. can create better solutions. And I like it, that. And, and mm. it can be an individual endeavor. I'm a big fan of collaborative innovation. Very uh, much so. Because collaborative innovation, and it comes back to something which I think is really important, which is the questions we ask can be what is called the boundary objects. It's the thing that people rally around. It's the thing which people are going to solve. And so to me, the big opportunity we have as organizations is to work on the question and then figure out who do we get involved to help us find solutions that will but they're going to be able to look at the problem from a lot of different angles. So that mm -hmm. diversity comes into play because now we've got people with different experiences mm -hmm. finding solutions. Uh, and there's just so many examples of how this can really be very profound, pr profound in terms of driving higher levels of, of innovation with lower risk. Yeah, I and you that. know, I think that that movement into the new business world, the new economy, if you want to call it, um, and you said it is the collaboration. Uh, you know, I find that every time people co-create, the outcome is way better than the expectations yeah. Yeah. that are put on people of the old business world. Um, I think more and more that's why we're seeing this social movement, if you want, to co, you know, collaborate and uh, and even you know seeing businesses that might have uh, viewed each other as uh, you know competitive. Uh, coming up with ways that they can actually move 
you know, the market into, uh, um, you know, an understanding of, of, of what the opportunities are, whatever it is that they're, they're representing. But um, expectations are becoming, uh, well, put it this way, when expectations are met, you know, conflict arises, right? And we've seen that, you know, in many, many uh, circumstances. So the co-creation, uh, I think, is, uh, is you nailed it right there with uh, collaborative innovation is really key. Um, cool. What else is going on? Uh, let's get into something. Can I just build on uh, one thing there real quickly? Yeah, think, sure. Yeah, the, yeah. the cool thing that we have today that we didn't have as much years back is the tools are available for this co-collaboration in a number of different ways. So just like a, a, an example that many people will know, but it's recent and I think it's very useful is to see how large established companies are using collaborative innovation, co-creation, call it what you want, to even test out concepts. So for example, Bose, mm. speaker company, uh, decided they want to launch a product called Sleep Buds, which are basically earbuds that go in your ear uh, and they create a white noise and they block up basically their, their sound masking tools. And they had developed it, but instead of selling it directly initially, they first launched it on Indiegogo. And so mm -hmm. in Indiegogo is this, you know, typically we think yeah, of it yeah, as, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm trying to raise money right. to be able to launch something because, you know, I, I'm eating macaroni and cheese all day. So that's mm -hmm. what most people think of Indiegogo. But a lot of the bigger yeah. companies are seeing Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and other platforms as great ways to pre-launch, get some no, great they... insights on the mm -hmm. design so that when they do a mm -hmm. formal launch, they have so much more. So the tools that are available to us now didn't exist as much as they do uh, in the past, and so it's just a great time to be taking advantage of crowdsourcing, collaborative development, co-development. It's really awesome. Yeah, it is. I, I love it. Uh, you know, just watching all of that. You know, the 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 new world is certainly upon us, and in just so many ways. You know, just even in the banking and you know everything, lending and all these different things that are happening. Um, social movements through charity, and you know, getting on the blockchain, and it's just wow. You know, what a world we live. What a world we live. A lot, a lot of change happening in a very short period of time, and I think we're right in the crux of of that uh, of, of that vortex really starting to, to take off. And, I, you know, nobody really can do it all by themselves. It's got to be a collaborative thing anyway. Even if it's not a collaborative thing in, in the beginning, it's going to end up being that way because you can't sure be all things to everybody at all times, right? And why learn to be the genius at all? Do, do the one thing you do well and – Surround yourself with, uh, you know, with the tools that you need from others that are good at what they do, and that way you can better serve anyway, right? I mean, the whole goal is for greater expansion and fuller expression in everything we do, and we can't do all that by ourselves. So collaboration sure. is a is a is is a big key, and I think if you're not collaborating right now with what you're doing, I think you're missing missing the boat, even if it's nothing more than better serving your 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 avatar. But I think it's I think it's a big deal. Where is Stephen headed next? What's next for you? Uh, well, fortunately, August is a nice, quiet month. My next trip is oh, going to you're be so too. lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, this is actually I'm just a, I'm in a whirlwind right now. When you say that, I'm like, oh man. Uh, yeah, this this is actually a development month for me typically. So. Just launched a new program a couple of days ago, uh, working on some new products and projects. Uh, so for me, this is development time. So my next trip is actually to Vegas to hang out with a speaker buddy of mine. We're going to rip each other's speeches apart and see what we can do and put it back together and see if we come up with something better. So I'm oh, excited cool. about that. Hey, that's fun. Yeah, for sure. Getting in a, a little bit of space. I call it the war room. Mm -hmm. I love getting in the war room. 
and uh, and and certainly uh, putting up the uh, the whiteboards or or those you know I'm a big fan of those sheets that can come with you now everywhere you go and you just you know the 3M and, and make sheet. your own whiteboard <laughs> and get the magic you know uh, or the magic wand I like to call it uh, you know and and start and start um, creating stuff for sure circles. I remember way back in the day when I first, you know, did sales and really understood sales. I uh, joined Amway, and you know, we did uh, circles in in living rooms. So it always brings me back to the, you know, the frameworks. Mm -hmm. I guess that you know you can you know start working and 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 mind, you know, it's creating these mind maps if you want of uh, of how you're going to do things. So that sounds exciting. Good for you taking a, a beautiful mm -hmm. month. Uh, where are you located, uh, Steve? Just in the world um, for people. Yeah, moved to Orlando, Florida. Uh, decided to get out of the snow of Boston, but also uh, it's the hub yeah. of conventions. It's mm -hmm. when you think about innovation, this is an amazing place mm -hmm. for like Disney and Universal and all these other great experiences. So we've got uh, our annual passes to those. I'll take my iPad. I'll go to Disney. I'll sit down. I'll watch things, be inspired by it, and I'll write articles not so much about disney but be inspired by the environment because i think the environment's yeah. so important yeah absolutely it's a great place here for sure we'll have to invite and i'll give a you know shout out for nick nanton and uh, and greg roulette i'm gonna have to uh, make sure that you uh absolutely acquainted with those guys we are the connectors just so you know <laughs> and i uh, love having people uh you know on our show because then we learn about what their genius at, and then you know we just a matter okay. of connecting people. And yeah. the way Alan and I look at it is, uh, if something magical happens, we at least get to go to the barbecue, and we're in it for the free food. You know? <laughs> yeah, we like we like the food. I, you know, yeah, yeah. You right? have to buy so many groceries that way. It's awesome. Yeah, exactly. We're always looking for free food, people. Uh, <laughs> Steve, um, wow, these shows, you know, they certainly always go fast. You know, we always have uh, sort of these ideas and then they get into discussion, which this has been a great one. And I think that people can, you know, really realize that uh, they've got to look, uh, they've got to look at their business and, and figure mm -hmm. out ways that they can, uh, you know, stay up. And because there's just so much disruption happening and, you know, the way that uh, you can use innovation is to make sure you're not disrupted. Uh, you know, and you can start looking at ways you can disrupt yourself or at least be prepared for uh, things that might, you know, happen because it's happening quickly, as we all know, in lots of different industries. Um, Alan, uh, you want to bring him in for the landing? And Yeah, I, I got, you know, I got I just, one question. I want Steve back, though. I want Steve oh, back. Oh, I do, too. I do, too. I actually want to – I think we should somehow do the personality poker on this podcast. What? I don't know how we do on that. On a Facebook Live. We could easily do that. We'll, we'll talk about that. it. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. That, that would be fun. That would yeah, be. I, fun. I'm excited about that. But I got, I got two. We got the one we're gonna, we're gonna land you. Yeah, I got another question for you. A quick one. What's the most impactful moment you have had on stage for you? On stage. Good one. For you. Ooh, wow, yeah. See, we knew there was a hot seat coming, and you just nailed <laughs> it. I love it. Wow. I love it. Make them um, think. Make them squirm. Well, I think you know one of the most impactful moments. Uh, for me was when I realized I – this is going way back. One of my very first speeches when I left Accenture, big opportunity, and I was so focused on me and looking good and sounding smart that it was actually a totally crappy speech in terms of value to the audience. Uh, you know, And so 
one of the things which I'm always trying to do is how do I create an experience where people have a visceral reaction to what I'm talking about mm -hmm. so that they remember it. I, for me, I measure success. So here's, here's the big, biggest audience thing real quickly. I was doing a speech for 400 people in the military. 90 minutes long, first 45 minutes, they were eating out of my hand. They were laughing. It was just hilarious. The last 45 minutes, nothing. Crickets? Crickets. So after the event, people are coming up to me saying it was amazing. And I said, and I asked one of the people I knew, and I said, so what happened? The first 45 minutes, that was fantastic, but I think I lost everybody in the last 45. And he said, no, the first 45 minutes were fun. We had a good time. The last 45 minutes is where you hit us hard. We were thinking so hard that you really just caused mm. us to shift hmm. our thinking cool. in a way that it wasn't fun. It was painful, but it was much more valuable. So as a speaker, it gets easy to confuse reaction Failure. and laughter <laughs> with value. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Good point. Good that's point. cool. Yeah, that's thanks cool. for sharing that for sure. Um, because... Uh, you know, I guess in in the, in the case people were getting to know you and trusting you, and then what was what was coming out of your mouth, they started thinking about you know how they can you know really you know use this information now, right? So that the teaching started to come into play, which is a great way to to, to look at it. All right, Alan, um, man, I, it's going by fast, dude. <laughs> always, it's like a, you know, but that's what happens when we, we have our, our days like this. Is it's just like boom, 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 but then. You know, when you look back on the show, and that's the beauty about the show is that the audio, it, you know, lasts forever, and then you can go back and and listen, and mm -hmm. then you know, it's like this magic that, you know, often when I go back and listen to some of the shows, I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a second, yeah. what an epiphany came out of that, and sure, we're gonna, you know, definitely hear this uh, in here as well, uh, but let's uh, let's get into uh, in part. Some genius uh, that genius he has zone. Uh, outside of what he's already shared and all right. the things he's uh, been, been doing. But uh, let's bring him in. I know, I know, he's got something else he's dying to give, and this is the 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 platform by which to do that. Steve, we always like to leave our guests with something that they can use today, and, and it doesn't matter what it is. It can be something positive, uh, something maybe something negative, maybe something they hadn't thought about, something to use for their family, their life, their kids, their business, uh, those they have influence with that can help elevate or scale or advance where they're at today. What one thing could you give them that could do that for them? Uh, so one one quick thing is just if people go to personalitypokergame.com, it is actually an online video game like in Las Vegas, slot machines. What? You can, put, you can play personality poker for free. So what? that's that – it, it's, it's awesome. so much fun. It takes about 30 seconds. So that's one thing somebody can do immediately. Uh, All right. How do, how do they find that? Just, just quickly, Steve. Personality, personality poker game. Personality poker game. <laughs> Uh, okay. But I guess you know the, the 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 words of advice that I want to leave you with are uh, words that were spoken by Scott Cook, who's the guy who created Intuit, uh, which is the software company. And mm -hmm. um, <laughs> he said, for each of our failures, we had spreadsheets that looked awesome. And mm. I really think this is you know innovation doesn't fail because we don't have bright people, lots of money, lots of resources. Innovation fails in many cases because we get too emotionally attached to our ideas, too emotionally attached uh -huh. to our solutions. And then confirmation bias kicks in, which basically means you're only going to see evidence that supports 
the fact that this is a great idea. So all the bad evidence, all the refuting evidence is going to just sort of get fly past you. And so we move forward and scale and implement solutions that should have been killed a long time ago. A long time ago. Yeah. yeah. So just just recognize that the brain is not always your friend when it comes to innovation. Hmm. Uh, and if we just do some very subtle shifts, we can have some huge impacts. Well, and that's where collaboration helps out to uh, let totally. us see what we can't totally see ourselves. That's awesome. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Stephen. I love that. I'm actually, I actually pulled up the personality poker. Game. I knew you did. That's the way we were. That's the way you were. I'm not gonna play it here. I'll yeah, play it well, when I mean, we get off. On. But, yeah, uh, of course. But that looks pretty cool. Hey, yeah, Stephen, a, you, you're, a you're a rock star, man. Thanks for yeah, being on the show. We need to get you back on. We gotta. You got to lead us through this game and what we can do, what kind of impact. We yeah, can we'll have. have some fun. We'll we'll, uh, we'll actually share the screen and do that and uh, do some do some Facebook Live stuff and uh, certainly fun. spread this message. Steve, you've been a wonderful guest, and we really appreciate you coming on. You know, to our audience, we love you guys, and this is going to be on C Suite Radio as a feature, as well as obviously iTunes, Google Play, Podomatic, soon to be SoundCloud, and uh, you know we're going to be sure. Facebook Live at some point yep. for sure with, yep, uh, with Stephen back on on the show. Dave, you rock. Awesome. Hey, Thanks, man. You guys, this is awesome. <laughs> I got to say, this this was fun. I can't wait for the next time. I'll send you some decks of cards, and we'll have some, have a great time next time. Awesome. Yeah, this, awesome. Is, uh, this, is, a, this is a start to a, a great relationship. Oh, yeah. And uh, just thinking about so many people that uh, we're going to connect you with. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, awesome, for sure. Hey, thank you to everyone. Alan, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks, it's, buddy. Uh, it's such a fun day, and uh, I look forward to all the other guests coming on and uh, certainly to our audience. We love you guys. Anything you need, info at thinkboldbebold.com. Connect with us and uh, we certainly respond to everything out there. Uh, and it wouldn't be a show without me saying, do something nice for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.